good to see you guys. Glad you guys are here. Um, I didn't get to see you guys last week. I heard, uh, well, I watched part of Sarah's message for about five minutes when uh, my daughter was Instagramming live, and I was sitting there going, clicking the like button and stuff like that. So it was good. Um, talk, I believe, if I remember correctly, she talked about uh, we're no longer victims. Uh, we don't have the right to lay down and cry and whine, and, and, um, but we have the right to get up and, and, and be powerful and um, do what God has called us to do. Um, so we've been in the, the 40 days of faith. We've been kind of going through that. And um, faith is, uh, you, could, you could teach on faith the entire year. Um, there's so many routes, so many roads, so many paths that you can teach on it. But um, I'm trying to stay a little focused on that, and that's hard for me to do sometimes um, because I probably could go 400 hours on, on faith and, and still talk about the same thing. But um, last week she talked about how we're, we're not victims. We're, you know, by faith we are victorious. We are not, um, we don't, we can't have a victim mentality with faith. And then um, the week before I talked about how, you know, faith needs to be 360. It's not something that we look forward to faith. Faith is something that is behind us too because what it does is it reworks our past and makes all things work together for good. Um, it takes the bad and and works together so in our future that it, something comes together and it, it makes god doesn't um take our, our past mistakes and, and say okay well you're going to look bad forever from for that he he takes our past mistakes and he help and he grows us and he works us um helps us work out what we're dealing with so that when we move forward in our faith it doesn't look like it's just you know you know, oh, well, that's the same person that they were six months ago, a year ago, or whatever. God, God allows us, um, yeah, excuse me, if we allow God to, to work in our lives, he, he changes us to make us look like a new person. Um, so today I want to talk to you about the language of faith. Um, and faith is not just um, something that we... Uh, something that we believe in. Faith is something that is a... Um, it's a daily part of our lives. It's a daily part of what we do. It can't be something that we just say, okay, I got faith. I, I believe God is going to do what he wants to do. Yes, that is part of it. That is, faith is knowing God is not a liar and he does what he says he's going to do. So that's, that's the uh, beginning point of faith. faith. We had faith to believe that Jesus died on the cross because we didn't see it. We, we believe that we have faith that he rose again and um, took all of our sin and all of our sickness. That's, that's faith to believe that. But the language of faith is, um, is not just believing, it, it's what comes out of our mouth. It, it's, uh, faith is, is the, the rhema word of God that comes out of our mouth, not just the, well, I, I hope it happens. Hope, is, it, hope and faith have to be connected, but hope alone doesn't get us anywhere. Hope is, I have a hope for something that's coming, but faith is what creates in our lives. So do we speak a language of faith? So, you know, how many of you guys speak a second language? So no, um, <laughs> Linda does. Um, so we got like, you know, one person out of this. Okay, so y'all need to learn another language. I'm just saying. Um, but um, so the language of faith isn't something that it just instantly comes out of us. You know, as we grow as a child, we learn how to speak. We learn how to, um, you know, use English, adverbs, all that stuff that I hated to study in school. We learn how to you know, how do you say here? It's not, you know, there's 
different spellings of where. And, and, and so we learn how to use the correct words for the correct situations that we're in. How many of you guys hated your English teacher? In, um, okay, just me. All right, I got to repent for that. Um, so anyway, um, I would always ask my English teacher, um, can I go to the bathroom? And she goes, I don't know, can you? And I would always say, well, if you don't let me, I will right now. Um, and so it was always, it, she would always ask me that question. And I'm just like, I'm not playing this game. Um, but we have to learn how to speak. We have to learn what the right phrases, the right things to speak through faith. And I'm not saying there's a set regulation of this is what you say, but faith, what it does is when we, when we grow in our faith, it, it teaches us what needs to come out of our mouth in that situation. Not, well, I just, I just say whatever, I, I have verbal throw up and I hope God hears some of it and it just makes its way to heaven. It doesn't work that way. Um, God hears us, but there's certain things that activate God and the Holy Spirit to move in our lives. So the language of faith, is, and I want to ask you guys a question. Do we, do we talk like people who believe what we're believing for is going to happen? So that's the first question. If we have a language of faith and we're speaking faith into our life, do we believe when we speak that what we speak is going to happen in our life? That, that's the first thing you need to do because if you, if you don't, then there's no reason to, to speak anything in faith. There's no reason to learn a language of faith because what happens is, is if you're not believing that what God says he's going to do and what you're speaking forth lines up with what God is, there's no reason to believe that. Because faith is, is a trust in, in, in the Almighty God. Faith is believing what God's word says will come true. Faith is speaking what God's word says, knowing it will come true. So it's not just, oh yeah, well the Bible says it's true, so it must be true. No, well God says that you need to activate it. There, there needs to be um, practice in what we're speaking. You know, first time someone says, hey, will you lay hands on me and pray that, that um, I, I won't be sick? And you're like, uh, 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 uh. You're like, Jesus, um, thank you that they're, they're, they feel good. And, and so it's not bad, but it's a starting point. It's that, it's that baby steps of when we're, our kids were little and they're like, uh, da, 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 you know, and they just make these weird random noises and, and, and puckers and, 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 you know, and you're like, what, what the heck are they making? But eventually it turns into something. So as we grow in our faith, we have to, we have to it moves beyond Jesus, make them better. And don't get me wrong, I've seen people say that and they have faith behind it and, and you watch people get healed. So, but we have to, believe that when we speak something it is going to happen um jesus did demonstrations for his disciples multiple times of when he spoke to things and, and things happened you know he, he's in the boat and he's sleeping and they're you know they're all up top freaking out running crazy and like chickens with their heads off and they're like we're gonna die we're gonna die and jesus just gets up, I'm like what's going on he gets up oh peace be still it's like waves wind stop he, he spoke, in the, and then they saw that demonstration when he was going to the fig tree, and there was no figs on it. He spoke to it, and what did it do? It died. He, he cursed it, and it died. So he was demonstrating life and death. He was demonstrating that when you cur- he cursed something like that, it would shrivel up and die. So we have to believe we have to speak life into our present situations. What happens is, is um, we believe God that he's going to take care of it. But when we get into a situation, what happens is we don't start to continue moving into that, that realm of faith, that speaking of faith. 
So what happens is, is we get into that realm and say, okay, God, you said you take care of it. And then we leave it there. But God says, no, you're, yes, you're believing that I'm going to do what I'm going to do, but you have to be active in your situation. That's like going out to buy a house. You, you fill out the, all the paperwork to get a home loan, and then you just leave it at that, and then you're approved. And like, okay, waiting for that house to show up. <laughs> You've got to go look for it. You don't just, you know, something just doesn't happen because you've filled out paperwork. You have to go look for the house. You have to um, put an offer in the house. You have to do all the closing stuff to get into a house. You don't just fill out the loan paperwork and say, I got the, I got the house. I'm going to move in. And it doesn't work that way. I wish it worked that way. It would have been so much easier. Um, but our faith-filled words, are, are what we speak into a situation will change that situation. Speaking life into a situation that you're not happy with will help change that situation. So what, what happens is, you guys ever been in a situation you don't like? Yeah. Everybody can raise their hand on that. Um, so you're in that situation, you're like, I don't like this, I don't like what's going on, and that's it. You guys ever been there too? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're just like, I don't like it, don't, don't agree with it, but I'm not going to do anything, but you don't do anything about it. But so God's like, well, you want me to move, but what releases me on, on earth is your words. What releases me is, is the words that you speak. So when we get into that situation that we don't like, you know, Indians are attacking the fort. Um, you've got to start speaking something against that. Um, sorry, I'm, I've been um, not feeling so well, and I've been taking medication, so it makes me a little, yeah. But... Um, yeah, Sarah, Sarah says she can't deal with me more than she can't deal with me when I'm not on medication. Um, so the situation that you're in, you cannot let that situation just sit without doing something about it. You know God's going to take care of it, but what does he want you to do? He wants you to partner with him during that situation, during that trial, so that when you come out of it, you're not like, well, God, God just, he took care of it, but it took a lot longer. God's like, I will take care of it, but I need you to be active in it so it speeds up the process. And so what happens is, is he's like, okay, you're in this situation. You know I'm going to take care of it, but what are you going to do about it? What are you going to um, add to this partnership to take care of it? And that has to be faith-filled words. That has to be um, understanding the situation you're in, knowing what you're going through, and know what to, to speak about that situation. And if you don't, then you need to find out. If you don't understand what to say, then ask somebody. So a lot of times we get into these situations and we've never dealt with them before. I mean, we, there's, there's situations that as adults that we're like, oh my gosh, I've never, I've never had this situation before. As, you know, you get into a, a new situation with your child at school or you're like, oh my gosh, a new, new experience for me. And so we like, okay, God, what do I need? You, you ask God for wisdom. You, you say, God, I need a download of wisdom in my life so I can deal with the situation, so I know what to speak when I'm, going, when I'm dealing with the situation. So speaking into your situation is a must to part, for you and God to move through it. Don't get me wrong. You can probably move through it without doing it, but it's probably going to take a lot longer. 
So faith speaks into painful, uh, painful journeys and says, you will work all things together for my good. So sometimes things that we go through are painful. Sometimes the um, situation that you're in, it hurts but, and it sucks. But God says, you know what? All things are going to work together for good. But what you've got to do is you've got to be active in it. You can't sit down and go, God, you know, you, like Sarah said, you have to be a victor and not a victim. You can't sit down in the middle of that situation and go, God, why are you doing this to me? Because God doesn't do that to you. What, what, what I'm trying to convey to you guys is this, is you can't sit down in the middle of your journey in, in the middle of a trial and say, well, why are you not doing this, God? Well, God's like, I've been waiting for you to release me into the earth and release, you, uh, re- release me into the situation that you're dealing with. So many people want to sit and, okay, God, take care of it. Just, I said one prayer and I threw it up to God and he's going to take care of it. Well, when we're dealing with situations and you're like, well, I'm just going to leave it in God's hands. Yes, he has big hands. He can take care of everything. But I I look back, um, it's going to be, 15 years, almost 16 years in April. And we had a report from the doctor that our oldest had holes in her head, quarter-sized holes in her head when she was, what, six months along? Less than that? They said um, she will be extremely brain damaged, may not live. They sent us down to um, Grand Rapids and said, okay, here, here are your options to deal with this. Here are your options to... to to make this as easy as possible for you. And, and the options were like, uh, we're sitting there, you know, you got to understand, this is, this is 22 years old and 20. And we're sitting in this room with doctors who have been doctors for 20 years and they're explaining these things to us. You know, this is new for us. We're like, we didn't plan on getting pregnant. We were only married a year and a half and we're like, oh, okay, there's a baby on the way. So what do we do? Um, first of all, do we just hold it like this? You know, I mean, what, what do you do? Um, but we were young, and, and these doctors are sitting there and saying, okay, well, here's the, here's, here's the, they're doing the ultrasound, and literally the lady gets up and runs out, gets up and walks out of, I shouldn't say run, but walks out of the room very quickly and goes and gets someone else. And they're doing this ultrasound, and they're like, oh my gosh, well, you need to, you need to sit down. We need to go over your options. And we're like, options? Like, I didn't know there was options that came with babies. I'm like, you know, we're like, we're just thinking this is, you know, we have a baby and, and we, we move on, you know. Um, and they're going over and, well, this is going to, they're going to be this, they're going to have this, she's going to have this. There, there probably is going to be no brain activity by the time she's ready to give birth. Um, and if she is born, she may only live a couple months and she will probably be severely brain damaged or in need of care. And they gave us the, op- and they said, well, your options are this, you can give birth and this, or we have um, some ways to end the pregnancy very early on so you don't have to worry about going through this. And, and um, we just looked at each other. We're like, absolutely not. And, and so what, I, what I'm getting at is this, is we, we went into a situation we had no clue what we were getting into. But what we did is we found out what we needed to find out about that. And so we took, we, we got every ounce of information that we could and what we did is we took it and we said okay these are the options these are the things that could happen in the natural realm these are the things that could happen 
And these are the things that God promises that he will take care of. So what we did is this, is we said, okay, we told no one. I mean, literally no one except for one other person knew. And, and, we, and we kept that secret because what, what we wanted to do is we were going to figure out everything we could on how to speak into existence what we wanted to for our child. So what we did is this, is we, we kept a secret. My, my parents, her parents, our pastors didn't know. We had one friend who we told and she said, I'm going to believe with you. And so what we did is we, we started to, to do the, the, uh, the research of, of what we needed to do and, and how we needed to line our faith up and what we needed to start to speak over our lives. And you've got to understand this, is Sarah has amazing pregnancies where she throws up for nine months straight. And so the entire time she is literally um, not able to hold down food. Um, the first one is made out of what? Uh, sour cream? Potato wedges and Coca-Cola. So we, we were frequent... Um, uh, attendees at the Jack's Corner store for Coca-Cola two liters and potato wedges because what happened was she couldn't, she couldn't eat anything. And so literally she's throwing up her everything. She cannot, literally um, everything that was inside of her stomach, her entire lining was coming up because she couldn't do it. So she had an attack of sickness on her. So she's trying to function. She was still working at this time too. So, and then we have, we have an attack of sickness from the moment we're, we're pregnant on our child. And so what we do is we just look at each other and say, this is not happening. I'm not going to let this happen. You know, we may not be able to get through, the sickness may be there, but the sickness is worth the child coming and, and coming out right. And so we, we gathered information. We gathered everything we could. She literally used to lay on the floor in the bathroom with a, a cassette player and put this one tape in and just listen to it over and over and over and over and over and over. But what it did is it renewed her mind. It renewed her mind on what God said he was going to do. So what she could do is then speak what God said was going to come out. Very little did she speak because she's usually uh, over the toilet throwing up. But what she did is she spoke what God was doing and we partnered together with God and we agreed together with God and we agreed together with our friend. And so, oh, the, the baby's going to have holes in the head. Then they go back and, no, oh, there's, there's, there's nothing there. Well, I don't understand this. They, they hold up both ultrasounds and they're like, they wouldn't show us the first one. But the, the doctors went and looked at both of them and they said, okay, and this is, you know, maybe... When we first did it, it was like three months in. I think at six months in, they looked and they said, there's no holes there. The, the head's completely fine. And then, and then it was the next thing and the next thing. There was three different trials just on, my, on our daughter's life to try to end her life. And we were like, no, if we can get through this first one, we can get through the next one. If we can get through that last one, we can get through the third one. And by that time, we're like, we're just going to have this baby and just get it done with. So... What we did is we refused to allow what man said about this child. We refused to allow what the enemy said about this child to come into our heads. And what we did is then we, we got into the word of God and said, okay, what does your word say? It says, with long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. So what we did is we, we, we basically hunkered down in our spiritual bunker and said, no one gets in and no one gets out. We're not allowing doubt in. Don't get me wrong. A lot of people probably figured something was going on, but they didn't need to know. I don't need people 
coming into our, our life and saying, wow, I'm just so sad for you guys. No, absolutely not. I'm not sad because I know what my daughter is going to come out like. And so what we did is we hunkered down and we said, this is what we're going to focus on. These are the, I mean, we literally had one thing written down and this is all we would we'd do. So we would constantly go over that and over that and over that because that's all we desired was for our daughter to live. Like David said, that I may live and not die was all that we focused on. Sarah's like, I can be sick. I, I don't care about that. She's like, I just want my daughter to live. So our words started to come out. Uh, the language of faith that was inside of us, what, was, um, what we were reading on a daily basis, what we were listening to on a daily basis, was, was starting to, to rise up. And it was starting to come forth out of our, our, our mouth and say, this is what life is. This is what God promised. This is what he has spoken about our daughter. Because everything in the Bible that says you shall live and not die, it's not just about that person. God is speaking to every person today. So when we speak life, it doesn't just speak life into the situation. It changes our mind too. It convinces us of what is going on. You guys ever had a bad day and you're going through a bad day and you're like, you're speaking good things over your life and you're like, I still don't believe it, but it's starting to work and it's starting to work and you're like, okay, now I believe it. Now I understand. Now I, I, I feel convinced of the words that I said three hours ago that I was struggling with believing with. You know, when we were, we were dealing with that, we... Our faith looked at sickness and said, no, the redeeming blood of Jesus Christ is what covers this. It says he bore our sickness and, and, and by his stripes we were healed. That doesn't just mean us. That means everybody that in the past and the future. That means everybody that was, that was born and is going to be born. You know, we looked at it and said the blood of Jesus heals all diseases. They're like, oh, she has this disease. No, no, she doesn't. Because the blood of Jesus says she doesn't have that disease, and it covers that. Faith looks at the trial and says, this mountain is under my feet, and it's just a molehill. It says, no, I can go. So many times we look at our trial, and we're like, oh my gosh, i got to go up that mountain. And by the time we get to it, it's like, oh, there we go. I'm over it. Because faith, what it does is, it, it, Jesus said, it throws mountains into the sea. It throws mountains into the abyss uh, back to where they came from. And so when we start to speak faith, it starts to, to make our mountains smaller and smaller and us bigger and bigger so that by the time we get to them, we look down on the situation and go, that's all it was. By the time we got to, to the point of, uh, of Sarah giving birth to our daughter, it was the, the third time they said, oh, there's a problem. We're like, yeah, right, whatever. We're like... <laughs> Don't even start. We're not even, we're not even listening. Yeah, the doctor, because we had to go to specialists, the doctor's like, I know you guys. We're, I believe with you. And we're just like, okay. <laughs> I mean, there, there literally was, was times where um, the influence of the enemy on people to get us to take certain medication, get Sarah to take, take certain medication saying, oh, you have this, you need to take care, take this. But if we had, the baby would have died because she wasn't, that was medication that would have killed her because she didn't have the disease or didn't have the issues that she actually did because tests weren't performed right and God gave us wisdom to say, no, that wasn't, 
that wasn't right. We know it wasn't right. It was, it was too soon. It was too late, whatever it was. And, and we had wisdom and we were able to, God gave us the vision to see things and be able to sense things when they were, when they were off. You know, faith looks and speaks to the mountain and says, no, you're under my feet. And, and, and as we grow in our faith, our stature grows and our mountains get smaller. The situation we went through 16 years ago was like a mountain for us. We're like, you know, we had pickaxes and, and the little things and we're crawling up it, but we made it. Yeah. Now, if those situations come up, we're like, you know what? No, it, it's, it's, no, this is not the will of God. We know what this is and it's not. Once you've ca- conquered that mountain, you go to that ne- that mountain comes back again. You're like, ah, no, just get out of my way. Faith looks at, 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 um, people and it says you are more than what than what you were created for it says you have more ability you have more talent than what you know you were you were created for so most people don't know the talent they have most people don't know the abilities they have because no one's ever tapped into that ability no one's ever tapped into that talent to use it for for the kingdom of god faith looks at a sinner or a person that seems far from god and says they're just as precious as a believer that is near to god Jesus, um, he's walking through town and, and some uh, religious people bring him a woman caught in adultery and they're getting ready to stone the woman. And, and he says, he, he's drawing, we don't know what he's drawing in the sand, but he, he starts writing in the sand. And, and I, I don't know what that is, but he's pro- I, I just, in my mind, I, I see him writing down like passages from Isaiah for them to read. And they're probably looking at the scripture going, oh no. Because if you look at Jesus, a lot of what he talked about was him fulfilling the prophecy of Isaiah. And so he writes things in the sand and says, well, yeah, you know, hey, if you don't have any sin in your life, go ahead and, go ahead and throw the first one. Yeah. And, and, it, and it says, slowly her accusers went away. And then he, he picked her up because... They were going to stone her. And, and most stonings back then weren't just like, I'm going to throw a stone at you and hit you in the head. Most stonings were they take a large rock, put you on the ground, and drop it on your head. Um, or they crush you with multiple rocks. It's not something that's quick and easy. Jesus picks her up and says, your sins are forgiven. Or he says, excuse me, he says, where, where are your accusers? And she said, they're gone. He says, yes, they're gone. He says, go and sin no more. So Jesus sees the sinner not much different than he sees us because we all have sin in our life. But what he does is he doesn't see them as far from him because he's always near to the sinner. He sees us washed in the blood of of his son. God sees us washed in the blood of his son and he sees sinners just as precious as we are. He says, go and sin no more. This is a statement of faith commanding her. He's, he's like, go and sin no more. He's believing that she's not going to go out and sin no more after the, the mercy that has been released into her life. Faith looks at your life and says, yeah, it's good, but God has more in store for you. God has bigger plans for you. It speaks to your storm in life and says, hey, peace, be still. Stop, shut up winds, shut up waves. Emotional 
turmoil. It says silence. We have, to, we have to start to speak to the issues in life, start to speak to the problems that we're going through. If Jesus can speak to the winds and the waves, we can speak to our problems. And he says, greater things that, um, will you do than I have done. Jesus spent three years doing miracles on earth. And if he says, greater things will you do, that gives us permission. That gives us the ability to go out and speak to the situation that you're dealing with. So when we, we learn to speak through faith, um, one of the things that holds hands with faith is love. If you look at Jesus, when he was speaking to the woman at the well, to the woman that was about to be stoned, to the, the people that he healed, it wasn't just, oh, you're healed, get out of here. It wasn't that. You, you saw his faith in his own father and the, the, the working of a miracle, but it was with love because he had compassion for that person. If Jesus didn't have compassion for that woman that was going to be stoned, he wouldn't have stepped in. But his faith was partnering with love. Faith and love are so closely tied together that they have to operate and function together because if they don't, Paul talks about it. If, if you don't have love, you're just a noisy symbol, noisy gong going off. So Galatians 5, 6 says, um, last part of it says, the only thing that counts is faith expressing in itself through love. So love is, when we start to speak our faith and we start to partner with people, it has to be spoken in love. And what I mean is this, is not, oh, I really believe for you. No, it's not how you say it. It's, it's what's coming out of your heart when you are saying it. Do you, do you love that person enough to, to, to speak into their life and to uh, speak a word of faith over their life? To partner with them. Our friend who partnered with us when we were going through that, when, when Layla was still in the womb, she loved us enough and her faith was so combined with that that she was willing to sacrifice her time and her energy to speak into our lives and to speak life over our daughter. I like what um, the Passion Translation says. All that matters, all that matters now is living the, living the faith that is activated and brought to perfection by love. So our, our, our faith is perfected by love. Think about this. Jesus said, go out and do miracles. Go out and, and, and uh, make disciples of men. How do you do that without love? If you don't love, have compassion and love for the lost and love for the people that need Jesus, how is your faith going to be activated when you are with them and when you're um, trying to minister to them? You know, love is like, um, is like gasoline on the fire of faith. Love um, accelerates our faith because we have such a, a heart for people and lost people and people who are suffering, people who need a better relationship with God and who need to come to God. It, it just accelerates it. People are like, give me faith, God. But yes, give me faith. Give me love that fuels that because the love for the lost, love for mankind is what creates revival. Yeah, I really, you know, Billy Graham passed a couple weeks ago, and um, we look back, and, and 
he was one of the first people that actually spoke about the love of Christ. He was one of the first persons in, in, in his time um, back when he first started to actually speak about God's unending love for uh, that person and that he wanted them back. Not, he wasn't speaking on how God hates what you're doing and he hates your activities and he hates us. No, he spoke that God loves you enough to draw you out of that, to bring you out of that. Because his faith was, was, was combined with love and that created a blaze in him to reach people. He said, I'm going to be the one. He goes, I believe that God is going to have me reach people and bring people into the kingdom of God. That's not just Billy Graham. That can be anybody. But if you go out there, well, I just, you know, I want people to get saved. But if there's no love behind it, no, no heart of compassion like Christ had, there's no, there's no point of doing it. As Christians, it's easy to get going into the whole rigmarole, the whole rut, the whole lane of, of doing church and Christianity and, you know, whatever it is. I, you know, it, it, there's so many things that we can get caught up in. Um, but what, so many times we lose the main vote motivation, and that's love. The, the church is not here to um, just serve as a place we all get to hang out and talk to each other on a, on a Sunday morning. It, it's, it's here for our faith to grow for our love for the Father, our love for each other, and the love for the lost to, to grow and ignite that so we can reach people. Our faith is empowered by the love of God for other people. And that doesn't mean the lost. That means each other, that we, we want to encourage each other on in our faith and, and help each other grow in our faith. You know, it's, it's so funny. I was reading this book, and, and it, was, it was a... I don't even know how old it is. And it was talking about um, a lot of theologians and they're like, well, you know, all the signs and they were talking about how the signs and miracles and wonders um, that were in the, the age of Jesus and the apostles after Jesus uh, went to heaven, um, how they ceased to happen after John died on the Isle of Patmos. And, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, okay, miracles and sign, signs and wonders ceased after after. John died in the Isle of Patmos, but I'm like, what about my daughter? I'm like, have you met my daughter? She's literally a, a walking miracle. She came out perfect. There, there was nothing wrong with her. She's a little spazzy every now and then, but she, there was nothing wrong with her when she came out. And the doctor said, this is, this is proof that God is. And, and what happened was, is this, if we then were able to hold our, our child and say, look, this is what God has done. This is what us believing and partnering with God has done. Our child came out, no issues, no mental issues, no, um, well, <laughs> she's a teenager, so, um, you know, highly emotional. I love, I love having daughters. But, um, but she came out without flaw. She came out without disease. And, and I'm, I was reading this book, and it was actually an article out of a um, one chapter out of a book, I'm reading it. And I'm like, how do you explain that signs, miracles, and wonders have died and are no longer there? And my daughter is, is literally alive. That, that my other daughter is alive. We'll get, I'll, I'll tell you that story some other time. That both of my daughters are alive and functioning. And, and, and here's why signs and miracles and wonders have died for most people is because they've lost the love of Christ. It, it's not that they don't have faith. Oh God, well, you know, if you, if you decide to heal 
whoever. What happened is, is this, is their faith was not mixed with love. And so, well, you know, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Well, it must not be God's will. Miracles, signs, and wonders will cease if you're not combining your faith with love to see the world come to Jesus. You know, they, they, oh, we love each other, but we lost faith. Or we have faith, but we don't have love. We cannot speak. You know, Paul talks about, he goes, I can give you a prophetic word and it will, and it will end. I'll give you a word of knowledge and it will end. And I, it, but he goes, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. So we can have faith, but he says love is greater than faith. There's a lot of people who don't have really good faith, but they love people and they're Christians and they, and they love people and they, and they win people to God. Signs and wonders will cease in our lifetime and will cease around us if we don't combine our faith and our love. Because like I said, love is a fuel on the, on the fire of faith. You know, I, I, I can testify that God has worked miracles in my life. He's kept me alive. He's kept my wife alive. He's kept my kids alive. He's provided for me. He's taken care of me. And if someone tells me that, oh, yeah, that, that, that's just how, what happened, but God doesn't work signs and wonders and miracles anymore, I'm just like, no, you haven't met my God yet. You don't believe in the same God because my daughters are alive. My wife and I have two awesome daughters because God is alive. God does continue to work, and he does signs, and he does wonders, and he does miracles today. So when we speak into our lives, what are we doing? Are we speaking to just keep God happy? Are we speaking something into our life that says, you know what, I believe what God says. I'm going to start to speak. And if you don't know how to, I've had people say, you know, I don't know what to do. I'm like, here, do this. Here, read this. Because you know what, there's sometimes we don't have the tools of what we need. Sometimes I have to go to people who are are 30 years more mature than me in the Lord and say, what do I do? Where do we go with this? How do we deal with this? What do I do? And they give me wisdom. But they give you the tools to do it. So when you start to go into a situation, or if you're in a situation right now, say, what do I do? There's sometimes where I'm in a situation, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Ask someone. Find someone who's more spiritually mature than you and say, you know, help me with this. This is the situation I'm dealing with. I need a miracle. I need God. I need this in my life. I don't think anybody's going to go up to you and go, I ain't going to help you. If anybody does that in this church, let me know. I'll smack them. (laughs) I'm just saying. But our love for one another spurs us on. It it, it gives us the ability to say, you know what? I'm struggling with this. And you know, oh, you are? Let me help you. I got someone that that is going to pray with you. I got someone that's going to partner with you in believing for what you're dealing with. Our faith works with love. But we've got to speak what we're believing for and love one another.